0: Sports professor Rick Haro, and we are indeed keeping score at a time where flattening the curve takes on more significant meaning than ever. Sports business, a $1.3 trillion business brought to its knees by coronavirus, and maybe we learned something on the recovery. Deal making three to one. Let's get to it. Number three, only Tiger Woods could get two million viewers per minute to watch five and a half hours of year old golf. Easter Sunday's rebroadcast of the Masters final round, in which Tiger Woods claimed his first victory since 2008 in a major, averaged a 1.4 rating and a 2.16 million viewer number on CBS, the highest rated and most watched sportscast since the majority of events were called off on March 11 and 12 and beyond. The previous high was 1.42 million for ESPN 3030 Elway to Marino on ABC March 21. And while ESPN's last dance documentary about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls that premiered Sunday night will eclipse those CBS viewer numbers, the golf data bodes well for viewership should the PGA Tour be able to restart its season on June 11 as announced. That's number three. Number two, if current social distancing measures remain in place through September, 70% of Americans believe the NFL should not begin its season, according to a study by Seton Hall University. 20% of respondents believe the league should resume but allow the players to choose not to play. Only 6% said the competition should begin as planned regardless of circumstance. As for playing behind closed doors, 76% said they would watch NFL broadcasts with the same interest as before. Only 16% said they would be less interested. 7% said they would be more interested more broadly, asked what they would do if U.S. leagues resume play before the development of a vaccine. 72 percent of those surveyed said they would not attend games. 12 percent said they would if social distancing could be maintained. Seton Hall sports poll was conducted among 762 people across the U.S. Margin of error, 3.6 percent. That is a big number two. And finally, number one, maybe even bigger. All told, the coronavirus-related postponements and cancellations of sporting events and games across the U.S. and Canada could potentially and eventually affect more than 51 million potential game day attendees and possibly lead to the loss of nearly $3.4 billion in estimated event-related spending, according to a new sobering industry report. Among other startling numbers, IEG estimates $10 billion in sponsorship value in the U.S. will need to be made up due to sports and entertainment shutdown. 20,000 sports and entertainment properties canceled, postponed, or temporarily closed, impacting 120,000 new active sponsorship agreements. The COVID-19 pandemic will also change future sports-sponsor uh, property partnerships, according to the IEG outlet twenty twenty survey, which noted seventy nine percent of sponsors will approach their marketing mix differently. Sixty percent of properties will change sponsorship structures and sales. And by the way, keep a close eye in New York, Illinois, and California, which are poised to hold the key to a timeline to return to play for North American leagues. Thirty one of the hundred forty nine Big Five franchises operating there. And that is clearly maybe the biggest number one we've ever had. Well, the interview this week is sobering as well, but there are silver linings in these clouds. The NBA, when you take a look at the numbers, franchise values before the pandemic anyway, averaging 2.12 billion, 11% increase annually for NFL, but that's up 14%, 8% in Major League Baseball, and NBA values up nearly sixfold over the past decade. NBA's 30 teams generated a record $8.8 billion in revenue last season, up 10 percent over the previous year. Bottom line is no play, no revenue, no social interest. Well, that's not really true. Kathy Behrens is the President of Social Responsibility and Player Programs for the NBA, and she oversees all NBA programs that coordinate league and player responsibility efforts, youth basketball development, education, and enhancing the marketing opportunities for current and former players. And she has done an incredible job. NBA Together, Expand Your Community, Acts of Caring, NBA uh, Activity, A lot of interest to keep the brand alive, to generate even more support than before, and to make some silver lining out of clouds that we never thought might go away. Kathy Behrens, an incredible uh, uh, philanthropist and also an incredible organizer of the NBA. Kathy Behrens gave us some time this week and glad to share the interview. Here she is. Sports Professor Rick Harrow, be on the scoreboard. This is a time for significant introspection regarding the $1.3, $1.4 trillion business of sports, and no better way to do it than to talk to someone who has the pulse of the NBA's response in not only social media terms, but the players' terms and the owners' terms in terms of doing the right things. Kathy Behrens, who who basically runs everything, social media, player relations, and the like. Kathy, how are you, and thank you for giving us some time today.
1: I'm I'm very good, Rick. Thank you. I hope you're well and all your family and friends are safe and healthy during this time.
0: We all are. We all will continue to be and really appreciate your thoughts and back at you. You know, the NBA uh, has uh, been viewed as a business where the average franchise values have increased over $2 billion. It's the fastest-growing property basically on the planet. Forbes comes up with numbers that are bigger every year. We're talking about an increase of over 400% over the last decade or so, and largely because the players are in tune with the community and the fans more than ever before, especially at a time of – Uh, international crisis. Uh, Kathy, talk a bit from your position about NBA Together, the expanding of the community, the caring, all of the things that you all are doing to try to uh, increase the NBA's uh, uh, social responsibility at this time of need.
1: Sure. I I think we all recognize that we are in in a time of great crisis and and um, and that's a global crisis and and while we have dealt over the years um, with natural disasters and unfortunate terrorist incidents uh, this one is uh, is a, is an entirely new experience, um, for most people. So, um, you know, we're still learning and, and trying to develop uh, the right ways to stay connected and support our communities, um, engage with our fans. Um, we, we launched NBA together really as a way to, to first raise money uh, to help support the relief efforts. Uh, we know how critical that's going to be. This is, uh, um, this is a, going to be an ongoing process. Um, we probably will have many phases, and, and in some ways, we're still in in the first phase. So, um, thanks to our teams and players, and um, the league and the players' association, we've we've been able to raise more than seventy-six million dollars so far to support relief efforts and and those most impacted by the uh, coronavirus. Um, We've also focused on um, doing what we can to stop the spread. Um, And so that's been our our campaign we've done called Know the Facts and how to make sure that people understand um, how the virus is spread, what everyone can do to keep themselves and other people healthy. Um, We started out that campaign by focusing on some of the early messages from the public health organization is just about the importance of, of washing your hands and now we've evolved of course into um, the importance of social distancing um, as we all uh, kind of shelter at home um, we're also very much now focused on if you do have to go out um, make sure that you you are protecting your um, and others by wearing um, a face covering so uh, we're evolving uh, as the guidance evolves but that that ability to to put those facts out there and to use the um, the voice of our players the platform and reach that they have has been incredibly important we've we've produced um, dozens of public service messages um, and and many um, in in um, players native languages and so they've they've been reached Um, and listen to all over the world. Um, And then we've also very much been focused on um, a a way to kind of expand your community. How in this time of of social isolation um, do we stay engaged and stay connected and, and try to bring some some fun um as we try to inform people we also want to entertain i think it's something our players do exceptionally well so so that's been part of this too our junior nba at home program uh, some of our um our live um stories on instagram or twitter um just to continue um you know to, to keep some fun for people and 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 help everyone get through this um, as we say, to get through this together, because that's the only way we're going to do it.
0: You know, you take a look at some of the uh, comments uh, from some of the PR stuff that have been posted and spread as PSAs. Uh, it, it's not just the messages, but it cuts across owners, it cuts across coaches, it cuts across current and former players, 12th um, men and Hall of Famers. You know, the interesting thing is the diversity of support that you've been able to put together to create a common message of importance and a message of awareness. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Well, I, I think there's no question um, that this is um, this is a crisis, um, as we've talked about, of, of sort of global proportions, and it's one that, uh, in order for us to get through it, um, we are all going to have to rely on each other in ways that we haven't before, and everyone has an opportunity um, and, in fact, an obligation to do something, um, however uh, big or small that is. Uh, that's why we created this other program called Acts of Caring. We can all help in some ways. Um, people might not be able to uh, support a, a nonprofit organization um, financially, but they might be able to volunteer their time uh, or they might be able to um, you know, help make um, the PPEs that are so essential for the frontline healthcare workers, um, and, and donate them that way. So there's so many ways that, that people can help, but this has really, truly been, a, um, a program that involves the entire NBA family, uh, because we all recognize that we have both that, again, that opportunity and obligation to help. Um, there's going to be great sacrifice, uh, that people are going to have to make as we, um, ho- hopefully get to the other side of this, um, and, and start to deal with, with the next phases, um, but it, it will require um, everyone's contributions. And so however big or small those contributions are, they're going to be needed and communities need them. Um, organizations that are on the front lines, whether they're healthcare workers or those who are trying to, you know, make sure that, that kids who um, and families who suffer from food insecurity are getting the food that they need um, to get through this time. Um, there, there's there's going to be no shortage of ways that, that people are going to have to come together uh, to help those most impacted.
0: Yeah, and, and, and Kathy, you don't just—it's uh, it, not—it's not just the diversity of people around the NBA, WNBA, and its families, uh, broadly defined. But it, but it's also the uh, the type of of help. That 76 million number, you said it once. You need to say it four trillion times because it's a it's a huge number in the context even of the NBA community it 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 proves that people are all in but but also the the idea of of uh, you know uh, uh, Kevin Love and 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 Zion and and Blake Griffin and 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 the Greek Freak and others donating money toward uh, arena staffs uh, Mark Cuban's uh, 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 what he's what he's done the five million meals for the food insecure populations as you said and on and on. Different people donate different things that they have the ability to do. And you put it it really well. It's 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 not just the opportunity, but it's but it's the obligation. Uh, how how do you uh, how, how do you send the message that it is kind of an obligation? You're not telling people what to do, but they they sure get your message.
1: Yeah, they do get the message, and I think we, there isn't a lot of. Um, There's no arm twisting here, certainly not among uh, the people in the NBA and WNBA family um, because I think this is part of who they are. And thankfully, it's part of of what our league is about. Um, And so um, the the question is really, um, it's not should I help? It's how can I help, and that's what people have been uh, saying to us, how can I help, what do you need, Uh, what organizations do you suggest, Um, we work very closely with the Players Association to help make sure that players have the best information um, and and understand the, the, the best organizations to support the causes that they care about. Um, you know, you mentioned Kevin love. I I think one of the things we've learned so much from Kevin over the last few years about the importance of uh, making sure that we're not only thinking about, um, you know, how to stay physically fit and active during this time, but how to stay emotionally strong and, and mentally strong during this time. And Kevin has really helped us make sure that those messages are a part of this too. We talk about, um, the need to be um, socially uh, distancing, but we don't want to be socially isolating. And so um, whatever sort of area and thoughts and ideas and passions that our players have, we're able to connect the dots so that, um, it, it really allows them uh, to to engage in a way that's going to be most meaningful, not only for the community and for those in need, but for themselves as well, because that's important here too. People want to feel like they can do something, um, and that's why with our Acts of Caring program, we've we've created, um, a, a, you know, a, a many organizations highlighted um, and, and updated on a regular basis so people can find what it is they care about and and how to um how to do do their part as well and um we're really proud of that
0: silver linings we don't talk about them much because there's not a whole lot of silver out there for this today but you know 12 percent of the sports business before this happened as we try to define it has gone toward philanthropic causes which is a higher rate than ever before. And that was as of late 2019. Now we've got a whole bunch of other reasons to increase philanthropy, even where the distinction is blurred. It's not just philanthropy. Now it's stability. It's moving forward. How do you institutionalize what you've created over the past two or three months as we get over to the other side of this?
1: Well, I think it is part of our institution already I, we we talk about it often. Um, our former commissioner David Stern said that you know it was part of our DNA um, and and it's certainly part of Adam Silver's leadership philosophy to uh, to make sure that um, that we're doing everything we can uh, yes, we're a business uh, yes, um, our job is to entertain um, but but we have um, a a bigger opportunity, certainly during a time like this, to inform um and to assist and to help and and to lead not only with with our business head uh, but with our heart as well, and so that's really what we're doing every day and and that won't change that is that is already part of the institution. I think that's why we were able to move so quickly, why our players were um, so ready to to jump in, why they continue to every day. You know, I'm, we're hearing, you know, more and more stories of, of what players are doing to support their communities because this isn't going away anytime soon. This isn't, um, you know, this isn't something that's going to um, resolve itself quickly. Unfortunately, we're looking at, um, at, at I think, a, a long uh, process that will involve relief and then recovery and and hopefully um you know we'll all get back on the other side of this more empathetic more connected uh more united um we're all part of one big global world here um never never been more true um given how quickly this virus has spread so um the the the, the way through uh is going to be through together and we're going to have to do it that way and so i think we recognize that that we can play a part in that um not overstating it. Lots of organizations have done great work, um, both in the sports world and outside of it. And that's, what's going to have to happen as well. This is going to be an unprecedented private public partnership to get us through to the other side where, um, you know, where we can sort of get back to whatever the new normal is going to be.
0: No better way to put it. Final question for you, uh, relative to kind of the day job, but this is the day job these days. Uh, Over the hump, I think we see a, a combination of the philanthropic aspect of this and getting back to normal business, whatever, as you said, the new normal is. And you have an added job because unlike some of the other sports who say they're global, I mean, you're in every continent other than Antarctica. I'm so sure you're not there. And so the idea of being the um, best case best practices for other leagues' global pandemic recovery, as well as social messaging, as well as how do you build an ongoing business post COVID, uh, it's a pretty significant task, isn't it, Kathy?
1: It is certainly, and the good news is that that you know we're going to do it in collaboration with our teams. Um, we've got a committed and and great leader um in in adam silver we're also going to watch and learn and and we're talking all the time to other sports leagues sports federations international organizations Um, this isn't something that any one person is going to be able to solve um, or or come up with a a magic answer for so there's going to be i think unprecedented collaboration and cooperation um, among the the private sector and working hand-in-hand um, hand with uh, with governments at all levels um, working with the public health authorities there's no one way through this uh, we're, we really are uh, going to have to do it in a way that that is more collaborative than than we ever have before and certainly some organizations um, will be doing things for the first time and and so we'll watch and learn and then Um, I'm sure there will be some things that we'll be doing for the first time and people will watch and learn from us so um, but it's it it, it's going to still take a while and and everything is going to be guided by you know what is what is the right thing and the best thing to do for um, the health of the of the greater community Um, and and hopefully um, you know that guidance will be will allow us to to get back to to playing Uh, we know people miss basketball we know people miss other sports we know people want to get back to school and get back to work Um, and we're just going to have to be patient in a way we've never been before Um, but i i think we'll get there i know we'll get there Um, and and i hope we'll we'll be able to get there we'll be able to get there as soon as we can Um, but but it will be guided by the the experts and the the guidance of of the public health authorities
0: Well, that's the right answer because, obviously, uh, nobody at any of the leagues goes through an interview these days without the um, uh, normal question of when are you coming back. Uh, I wouldn't propose to ask that of you because I know you and your organization, and and I would be honored to say you've really never left. And the idea of having the NBA kind of help guide the future of sports is really important to the industry. Kathy Behrens, thank you very much. Rick Harrow, speak with you soon. Well, clearly it's important that the NBA has raised more than $76 million towards support and relief and nearly 5 million meals for food insecure populations. But as you can tell from the interview, that's not all and more to come. Here's a Sports Tech Minute this week. Pro video game streamers are used to spending their days in isolation, and a huge new audience is at home to watch them play. Recent Call of Duty game, about 13,000 people were watching Ben Lupo live on Twitch. Few attract bigger crowds than Lupo, and since the coronavirus began forcing people to shelter in place, he's estimated to PC Digest his viewership is up about 30%. While the coronavirus has upended the lives of hundreds of millions of people, Dr. Lupo, as he's known to fans, is basically unaltered routine. With offline spectator sports canceled, he and other well-known gamers currently offer one of only f- live contests to meet CDC standards. Viewership numbers on Twitch leapt 31% from March 8 to 22, and by then, one in four Americans was under shelter in place. Dr. Lupo and his peers were having a banner financial year even before COVID-19. Three of the biggest tech companies in the world, Microsoft, Facebook, and Google, have been raising the profile of their online gaming platforms. The goal is to catch up to Amazon, which owns roughly 70% of online gaming viewership. It's getting bigger and bigger. And that's your Sports Tech Minute.
2: Welcome in to the Esports Minute of Keeping Score with Rick Coro. I'm Mitch from the Esports Network. The Nevada Gaming Control Board, the government body that oversees America's gambling capital in Las Vegas, has approved all the major esports for betting over the last few weeks. With the lack of sports due to COVID-19, sportsbooks are getting desperate. Some books are offering lines on Russian table tennis, sumo wrestling, and Nicaraguan soccer, but sports that are still operating are few and far between. While esports have been affected as well, competitions have moved online. One key issue in esports is potential match fixing. The history of esports is filled with it. And recently, a player in China's League of Legends division was found guilty of match-fixing as well. Organizations like the Esports Integrity Commission oversee fairness in esports and have a prior deal with the Nevada Gaming Control Board to help approve esports bets. Still, this is the most attention esports betting has ever received from mainstream books. Keeping all competitions above board throughout this crisis will be crucial for esports betting to be accepted once sports return. That's it for this Esports Minute. Now back to Ricora.
0: Finally, the Power of Sports Minute. We don't really know what to talk about this week because there are so many examples. Fanatics founder Michael Rubin challenges the entertainment and sports world to donate in his all-in challenge and raise funds for organizations addressing food insecurity in the U.S. $10 million donated already, Leonardo DiCaprio, De Niro, Scorsese, others, the uh, Knicks, the Devils, he's a partner himself, Rubin, but there are obviously other issues he's been involved in, including turning fanatics into a laboratory and a a manufacturing center for gowns and masks and gloves. He's to be honored. Kudos to Michael Rubin and all those involved in moving this forward. Russell Westbrook, 650 laptops to Houston students and 4.2 million masks to honor Jackie Robinson. Another nice touch. Touch. Colin Kaepernick donates $100,000 to coronavirus for minority groups. The NBA selling team-themed face masks with proceeds going to charity. Major League Baseball plays a critical role in the study of COVID-19 because, according to NBR, NPR, 27 of the 30 teams taking part in a nationwide study involving up to 10,000 people who've been giving tests uh, uh, to detect COVID-19 antibodies. MLB officials insist no connection between baseball's involvement in the study and a possible effort to position itself in uh, health moving forward after an antibody is found. Clearly, basically just charity doing good, and there's more to it than we can even announce. How about next week a, a Power in Sports 2 minutes or 5 minutes or 10 minutes? As we evolve from this amazing crisis— and the impact on the economy. It will be continuing to good to know that more and more people are doing more and more good things. We will chronicle them as we get out of this and explain to the world how some things even are better after this tremendous pandemic. Problems, certainly, solutions, not yet, but moving forward in the right direction. I'm Rick Haro. thank you for tuning in and listening, and next week we will continue to keep score. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping Score. Assistance provided by Carlos Swadek, Tanner Simpkins, Reuters Digital.
1: I'm Riccardo. Thanks again for listening. See you next time on Keeping Score.